0: Every time we touch, I get this feeling. I-, I like it. I swear I can fly. Oh.
1: Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Building, Colton of Cold Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Designs. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now for episode twenty-seven, cliffhanger, gentlemen.
0: What's happening?
1: Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've seen I that. mean, I it's think. a great movie. Great movie.
0: Uh, yeah. L- Does it l- end l- in a cliffhanger?
1: Strangely enough, no. no.
2: Is it, What's um, his name in it? A Stallone.
1: Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. That yeah. was supposed to be his answer to the Terminator movies. And it didn't quite live up to that, but it's, that's fine.
2: Uh, lots of running and jumping. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Colton, I think yes. the important discussion needs to happen here. You just got back from Maker Camp. And yes. from what I understand, you guys got rained on something fierce.
0: <laughs> Dude, it was, uh, it was like tsunami force rain coming in hot. Or oh, coming in cold. <laughs> yeah, wet and cold. But um, but yeah, it was weird. Yeah, the it, luckily it only rained one day, real bad. It rained Saturday, real bad. But uh, Friday was pretty warm, actually. Like I, uh, you know, I was just tent camping and barely needed my sleeping bag. And yeah, then had Saturday though. Dang, it, it, it got so wet. Like um, we had to close down all the booths and everything. Uh, booth isn't a good. But all the tents, the different tents, because uh, we we're walking in like over ankle deep water and they're like, we have electrical stuff in here. We, we don't need to be running this <laughs> like Yee. that, but it, um, it was fine because, uh, Sunday was great and we could catch up on everything we missed out on Saturday. But, um, so th- I have yeah, to ask, just-
1: as far as the camping aspect with the rain, how many people mm-hmm. were smart enough to put their tent uphill?
0: That's kind of funny. You say that. So when I first got there, uh, uh I had the, uh, Oh, was it Stu and Katrina were nice enough to go drop me off at the tent site, right? And they drove me you from end-
1: oh, oh, sorry. I I got a follow-up question to this, but go ahead. Oh, no, what how did I get there? Yeah, cuz last time we talked, you were like, I don't know how I'm getting from the airport up to <laughs> Maker Camp. What was your final well,
0: method? Getting back was even funnier. Oh, we're like Wing it. You know, I was like, I'm going to wing it. There's plenty of uh, like-minded makers out there. Someone's going to help me out. And um, I should probably be a little bit more prepared, less reckless, I guess. That's an idea. A little more prepared. Yeah. Going next year. But uh, actually, it might be cool just to rent a vehicle next year and like sleep in that something big enough. Like you can rent a minivan, right? Like, yeah. So can I cut you off real quick? Can I cut you off
2: real quick? Yeah. So I talked to Ashley, and she's been looking at it online, and she wants to go. Yeah. And we talked about like that's maybe grade, yeah. a six some, a six or a five and like renting a travel trailer. That's what I was thinking.
0: That's Wouldn't exactly that what funny? I was thinking. Yeah, we should all rent a trailer together. Um, that's what a lot of people did. They would uh, rent trailers and have them delivered there, and like the the trailer people would like set it all up and hook up your sewage and electricity and water and yeah. And then you don't have to even drive it back. You just, uh, you just leave. Um, yeah. Hmm. But I think we should totally do that. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think um, we should do there, it. there there were several uh, foursomes that were running trailers together. And yeah, but as for me, I, I just brought a carry on bag with my, uh, my backpacking gear. Um, luckily we had just got a new tent as a Marmot, uh, as a wedding gift, uh, which hadn't, we had not used yet. And um, when I got there and finally pulled it out of my bag, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should have checked that everything was in here <laughs> before <laughs> I got here. Luckily, everything was there and it held up phenomenally. But yeah, as soon as I got dropped off, I uh, I found a flat spot and I started to set my tent up there. And someone was like, hey, if it rains last year, this area is like a pool. And I was like, oh, thank you. And so I put my stuff on a mound or like higher up this hill that we're camping on. And I stayed dry the whole time. And nice. the tent did phenomenally, phenomenally. And, um, yeah, I kind of liked tent camping though. Like, I is like me and all the other peasants who didn't rent campers and, <laughs> <laughs> or a hotel or whatever. And, uh, we had a good little like tent space bond. Yeah. Like, um, Oh, uh, was it Chris with Rustland? He does like forging stuff. Um, okay. he was actually in his van. It's him and his dog. And he's nomadic at this point, like uh yeah he he will drive from event to event, and he like, is a nomadic his... forger, yes, he has all his tools with him too oh he, he he's done some really cool stuff something that's taken off for him right now is um he'll take like a really big steel like bolt right and yeah. he'll cut it into chunks and he'll make these skulls out of it and uh yeah, it, it. They're really trending. He's got a. He communicates with all his customers through socials and. Huh. Yeah, it is really neat stuff, and his dog Leia was pretty cool too. But hmm. um, yeah, and then to uh, my opposite side of my tent was a. Uh, was it Ryan Cochran? Yeah, he's a Canadian. Yeah. He uh, he he does a bunch of like slab work and okay, um, yeah, bonding over the the resin and all that but he does some pretty cool stuff. I hope to have both of them on the podcast soon as well. But yeah, it was it was really cool. Man, really overall maker camp. It was all that I wanted out of um Workbench Con, but even more. Like um Yeah, which in what way? Oh, just oh the networking. Okay. That's mostly what I went for, went for, right? Like uh while I was there, you know, I, I did some welding. I wanted to get to the forging tent, you know, hit, hitting some hot steel with a hammer. That seemed pretty cool, but I I wasn't able to get over. It was always a long line. and Yeah, the, the bar line was calling me, but how never many made people, it over there.
1: How many people would you say were at the entire event?
0: Oh, um, I kept asking people. I was trying to guesstimate, but I had several hundred. Um, I've heard higher and lower than that, but... I don't want to say 600. 400 or 500-ish? Yeah, that sounds right. But um, there's also a lot of people that come in from, like, you know, like, Jersey area or around New York. A lot of Massachusetts that um, just come in for, like, the day. Like You can get, like, a Uh, day pass. Yeah. And then even with the day pass, you can, like, pay a little extra if you want to actually get involved with the tents. Or you can just watch. Okay. and um, Which both are really cool. But, yeah, they had uh, stations set up. One of them was uh, using, like, a draw knife to uh, make your own, like, axe handle. And, yep. um, and I think they would give you the head, too. But I, I didn't do that one. Then they had, like, an Alaskan sawmill set up. And then uh, Lincoln Electric had some welding going on. I did that one. I made a little metal, like, catch bowl. Nice. And, uh, which it was kind of cool. Like, all the tents kind of worked together. They planned it out. So, like, nice. you'd go to Avid CNC, and they had a CNC plasma set up and you'd get the the cutout for this this uh, i think it was like a five-sided bowl okay and cut out and then you bend it and what is it like 20 gauge steel maybe and then you go take it over the Lincoln electric tent and you weld it and then you go over to the Brodeck tent and you sand it and then you go oh, to the last tent and you powder coat it but nice. i didn't i didn't powder coat mine i i left it the brushed steel which um, if if they had a black powder coat, I might have done it. But I had heard that there's only like red, blue, and another color. Hmm. But but yeah, and so I made that. Oh, the restoration tent though, that one was cool. I uh, I spent a lot of time and uh, abused my triceps in that tent. <laughs> I so I found this old jack plane. Uh, had it been at least a foot long, and older older. That's what she said. probably double my age, honestly, they're trying to guess how old it was, but there's no markings on it that, that, uh, signify a manufacturer. Okay. So I was wondering a, if it was a, um, like a Frankenstein, you know, like a bunch of parts that would have been put together at one point, but, or just before they really were marking them, but it was awesome. Um, I learned a lot about sharpening like the blades of those and, like all those planes. And what did they
2: give you to sharpen it with? Like, how did you do it? Uh, they had
0: a bunch of pieces of granite out with this uh, sandpaper that was like stick like adhesive. or Yeah. It, it was like friction adhesive. Like you could pull it off. Like it wasn't just like a stick on stuff, but it was neat. So, um, yeah. We'd start at 80 grit and then go up to a few thousand. And yeah, that was really cool learning that, which um, I think mine needs a little bit more. So like I learned that on the bottom of a plane, a hand plane, um I guess you'd call this oh a jack plane, right? Yeah. And yep. so there you know it mostly touches on the front, the middle and the back, right? Mm-hmm. And on the middle of mine, right below the blade, there is still a little bit rough. And it it, it it's going to take a little bit more sanding here, like more um, restoring here at the house, but it it was making some real thin curlies
2: yeah baby
0: yeah but it it was pretty cool i'm really excited to add that to arsenal oh the funniest question i asked when i was in the restoration tent was you know um whenever you set a hand plane down like a bench plane down yep like my reaction was always to set it on its side right yep and i saw them just slamming them down on the front like uh, (laughs) on the cutting side and i was like what are you doing like is that a thing Like, does it not matter? And he was like, this is designed to cut wood, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. and it's just like an old, old, like like a handed down ideal that you're supposed to set on its side, which they actually had the, they were thinking that like shop teachers used to teach it, teach you to put it on its side. And for like kids that might like set it on top of like other tools, right? Right. Because other tools, those would damage the blade. Yeah. But as far as setting it on wood. It's a wife's tail, huh? It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, like, Ross, whenever you were making those, uh, like, the French cleat stuff to yeah. uh, hang your uh, thing, I was like, why aren't you putting, like, a gap where the blade is? <laughs> like, that was my that was my initial reaction. And I was like, aren't you going to damage the blades? Like, I was just in the back of my head. And because, um, you know, I, I was making some drawings in my head yeah. or planning on how to hang all my planes. And it doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> as long as you're putting them on yeah. wood,
1: it doesn't matter. Mine, yeah. technically, the... The underlayment on mine is MDF, so it's even easier on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. I should do MDF. That's a good idea. But, yeah, and then Total Boat a had pillow. the tent. The what? A pillow. A little, little plain oh, yeah. pillow underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> Tuck them into bed. Yeah. No, they uh, – yeah, Total Boat had a tent set up. They uh, – which, you know, I, I work with Epoxy every day. I know every one of their product lines – like I didn't really spend any time there. I walked through it, but I kind of wish I would have spent some more time there, learn about their So Yeah, so you call it like um, basically is that like their five minute epoxy, basically, or like a putty that glues yeah. stuff together more yeah. or less? It's
2: like in attachment nozzle. Yeah,
0: but yeah, with with all the the metal working going on and restoration, I just yeah I didn't make time to go over there. That's fair. But, but yeah. So and then
1: there was uh, overall. Would you go back again next year?
0: A hundred percent. And I'm gonna make you guys go with me too.
2: We're gonna try. I like this idea to split a camper. Isn't it I mean, like your busy time though, Ross?
1: Yeah, I last mm. weekend while you were at Maker Camp, I was at a uh a whiskey event in Saint Louis. Uh yeah. I was in St. Louis and it was about forty five hundred people there. Mm. And it's uh one of the biggest events we have there. But I literally that Kicks off the busiest time of year for me. So, like from this past weekend to the second weekend in, in December, I have a whiskey event every weekend. So, in one of my markets.
0: So, yeah. man, well, but I will do my best. Hopefully, we can work it out. Those I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Like, granted, at Workbench Con, you know, you're going to these conferences and learning how to do your social media better. And there, so there was none of that. that, but as far as the networking, I came home with a lot more stickers than I did from, uh,
2: workbench con.
1: Part of that is because you were actually there at workbench con. You yeah. didn't show up until like four or five yeah. at night.
2: You were there for about 20% of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I made, I made it to a few talks, not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the
0: mornings. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, at Maker Camp, or yeah, Maker Camp, they uh, talks get started, or not talks, but the, camp, the tents start to open up around ten a.m.
1: They but, did um, it at Workbench Con as well. Just letting yeah, you know yeah, that,
0: just just so it's yeah. out there. But yeah, next next year for WorkbenchCon, Con, <laughs> I'm definitely going to stay on site. Like I'm going to pay the uh, extra little bit because yeah, staying off campus made it made it difficult. Took a lot of time. Yep. But yeah. Um, so uh, as far as getting there and getting back. Um, I – oh, what was it? Oh, um, yeah, Braden with Little Bug and Sawdust Talk, he got me on that Maker chat, whatever, Maker Camp chat on okay. uh, Instagram. And so I reached out on that after our podcast last week. And yep. um, a few people offered me rides, and I was going to be uh, going with Chris Burton with uh, A Glimpse Inside. and But I got in at like noon, and he – wasn't going his plane landed at like five thirty. Ah. so I was like, all okay, right, I got five hours to kill. And I looked up like a little local dive bar and I was gonna be hanging out at that, trying to meet some locals, and then out of the blue, uh, yeah, what is it? Yeah, Katrina, um, I think with yeah, with PW. Um, she was like, Hey, we're here, turn around. And I canceled my Uber and got a ride with them, which was nice. pretty convenient. But yeah, on the ride back though, I should have just stayed awake like uh, Sunday night <laughs> and caught my ride. Uh, Matthew with a, a wooden mustache, um, he was going to give me a ride back, and then I woke up at about eleven to text from him at about eight, be like, "Hey, we we got to go, bud." <laughs> um, yeah, and so I made friends with uh, Sebastian from. Um, Oh, he's up in Montreal. And uh, he was like, well, I'm going back up that way. And, to um, Quebecois? <laughs> it, it, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not great on my geography. But, um, yeah, but also uh, the guys from Onefinity, Morgan and Stone, uh, they were looking for a ride too. And I was like, hey, we might be able to fit in Sebastian's car. And at first we were like, oh, I don't know, Sebastian drives a, a Tesla. Huh. And – we have a ton of gear. Right. And sure enough, we were able to all fit in there, but like all of us had to have bags in our laps. <laughs> and, uh, but on the way there, on the way up, um, we're, we, we stopped at, uh, Jimmy Duresta's favorite, uh, antique store, which was actually really cool. And, uh, what was it? Yeah. Uh, Sebastian got a handful of like these really old clamps and, There's some neat like draw, uh, draw knives and planes. If I wasn't having to fly with a draw knife, I would have probably bought some stuff. There you go. But I saw this old Stanley number four plane. It was in really good condition. They kept it behind glass. Wow. And, um, it was like 130 bucks or something. And, um, it was one of the old planes that have like the, the ridges on the bottom. Yeah. And, um, yeah, which I don't know if that's a, a good price or overpriced or whatever, but it was in good condition. But it's pretty slick seeing that. Nice, yeah. Very nice. And then, um, yeah. So Sebastian uh, saved all three of our butts and got us back home. Hmm. All right. Yeah. No. I ten out of ten. I would go again. Okay. Absolutely.
1: And Jess, you mentioned you have some big news as well.
2: Oh, I don't know if it's big news, but um, so we talked about me doing classes uh, at the shop i the posts.
1: In- you guys are doing the advertisements.
2: I love <laughs> right? it. Right. So, you know, we figured out how to, to put it on our Shopify, like our website. Right. And yeah. I, I did list it on our Google thing, but I, I don't know if that's working or not, but, um, so I figured out how to like set a schedule and all that other stuff. It was actually quite easy. There's a, a little app on Shopify. So um, we asked the one person that I knew was going to go is the guy that's helping design our website. Cause his, remember we talked about his dad yeah. was a woodworker and he was interested. So yep. I sent him the link and he booked it. So that's cool. And then like later that night, somebody else booked it and I have no idea who it was. We figured it out. Like I I don't know them. But they they saw it on um, Facebook, I think maybe, and it's all booked. It booked the whole thing, like the whole thing. So I I opened two more spots just in case a couple people don't show. But I got to go buy a bunch of sanders and scrapers and stuff for everybody. I've got everything else. I think I can make work. But um, yeah, and I have a little syllabus in my head. I talked to I talked to uh, Dave Hoosier today. And I said, all right, pretend like you're a new woodworker again. Like this is what I feel like I want to do in this first class and like pack it in. What do you think? And so I went through all of it and he was like, that sounds pretty good. He had a couple ideas and stuff. So, so that's pretty exciting. I, I almost, you know, we're doing like so many different things and I'm just kind of waiting for something to bite. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yeah. And that I wonder I wonder if that would be um if that's it, if that will become our larger source of income, I would yeah. surely love it. And that would really be a great segue into doing the the philanthropic stuff that I want to do with it. So I yep. I would I would I don't know. I mean I've taught so many people how to do it that yeah. have worked for me in the past and you know they come and go and drugs and like all kind of whatever their problems are. And, um, yeah, so I, I would, I would like it. And I feel like, you know, I didn't really learn from somebody so much as watching my father and watching other people and learning. And so yeah. I've put it all in simple terms from in my own head on how I do it. And yeah. so that I feel, I feel like I can, I can teach other people at least the basics. Right. Because yeah. like, you know, the one thing that everybody tells me what? that, when i do woodwork and they're like what like they don't understand is how i can read a tape measure and how i understand <laughs> like fractions and stuff and and i guess you know fractions is just fractions when you're in school but when you have practical applications with the 16ths for so long like you, you, I just see it on a tape when I do the math, right? Like yeah. I all kind of base it around like a half or an eighth. And like, I figure it out from there. And even with 30 seconds, I can still do it in my head for the most part. And people don't know how to read a tape measure. They're like, it's one little line past the big line, you know? Yeah, and then it, other, it's
0: like 20 inches and three little lines. <laughs> right.
2: And then, yeah. and then, yeah. and, and, then um, and it's so simple, right? It yeah. really is so simple. Um, and then the other thing is that like, especially when you start with somebody new. So this is something that I had to teach Hoosier because, so say for instance, you're holding a piece of wood up to the edge of another piece of wood and you want to make it that long and you make a mark on the other board to kind of like draw along the edge. Right. Sure. And you use, let's say you use a number two pencil, which has got a pretty fat lead. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you want to cut it exactly the same length as the other piece that you marked.
1: You got to cut to the inside part of that pencil. Yeah,
2: that's right. You got to cut and think about the thickness of the, that. Imagine that pencil that is an inch wide. And and that's something that you have to teach people because they don't know. And yep. especially if they're going to work on their own home and they're going to put trim up, that's going to be really important. That's going to yeah. be yep. really important. It can add and, up, then, and then vice versa. And then vice versa, if you're putting something on the inside and you make the mark, then you cut to the other side of the line. Sometimes you might cut the line in half, you know, Uh, and how to mark your board so that, you know, and I start thinking about all these things that are so simple to us because we do it all the time and we don't even think about it anymore. And um, but to somebody new and starting out, it would be so frustrating to have to figure that all out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited about it. You know, I would. Uh, I I don't know how much to charge for it, but if we're going to do a two day course and I would provide materials and everything, then which will be the next class that we're going to release, um, I you know take a look have at to
1: be... take a look at um, Rockler and their woodworking classes and how much they charge. That's a for good theirs. idea.
2: That's true. Because we're that'll give you a, a
1: yeah. That'll give you at least a base of comparison.
0: I can try to look
2: yeah, up some around here. There's Florida Houston School. See
0: what they're going for you?
2: Well, there's there's the Florida School of Woodwork in Tampa, and I've been to it twice for two different things: one for turning, and one for something else. And their prices are are pretty good. I mean, they're pretty, you know, and it's not cheap at all. Like one, they've got yeah. the Japanese thing; it's a three day course, and it's like almost a thousand dollars. But the you class. probably walk away with a set and, of Japanese um, tools. Yeah,
0: I I do think no, there is something no, they to want you apparent to bring your own. value with that though.
2: Oh. oh, there is. Oh. There absolutely is. So they, they will provide them for you if you don't have them, but they will tell you what you can buy. And I'm like, look, I, I thought about taking it because you were doing all that stuff with your handsaw and like the dovetails. And I'm like, I want to learn how to do this stuff. And the Japanese joinery is like some of the best that there is in the whole world. And I wanted yeah. to, to maybe learn it. And, um, they were showing all the tools. And I mean, it was like $3,000 worth of tools that they recommend, you know? So it was an advanced course. So I, you know, I didn't do it, but anyway, yeah. they they have oh, guest speakers I, it, oh, oh. and guest teachers and stuff like that too. So
0: on that note, on, as far as the pricing, like I think a lot of that could be apparent value as well. Right. You know, like, you know what apparent value is, right. Where you, um, if you go on Amazon and you see a bunch of things that are priced a different way, like you know, you have your your best, your middle, and your cheapest, right? Like sometimes something that's priced is priced as the best, even though it's not the best, but it's apparent value, right? I yep. feel like some of that could be going on in the teaching world, and uh, not to say you should try to rip people off, but uh, comparing yourself to others may not be a great way, but well, it'll give you uh, a ballpark uh, at least.
2: I think what the the list. Just to touch on that, the list that he was giving, like there was a couple of them that were the inexpensive, like the Suzanne, isn't it? However you pronounce Suizen. it. Yeah. Suizan on Amazon. But there was a couple things that he recommended. He, he recommended or they recommended by name because, you know, it was like higher quality or whatever. And I looked up like some chisels and things like that. It was very expensive. But anyway, I just got
1: I just had a, a quick idea that I would love to challenge you guys on as mm-hmm. a podcast challenge. And, and maybe with this is something we can challenge other podcasts with or to. Oh, I like this. Where are we going? But between ourselves, each of us cutting different types of joinery, one of us doing it all by hand, one of us doing it with power tools, and the other one doing it with just C&C. And see oh, how different they are. <laughs> and that, yeah, just kind I know of going double eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um seeing the but, difference uh, between the types of joints, you know, starting out with like dovetails, just as you said, you've never cut dovetails
2: before. Never. Or like doing it. Not, as, well, I, I've never done not, it like you do it, like like with by the chisel and all that stuff now. Yeah. Or like just
1: putting a bow tie into it, like oh, having and us
2: we we could do a strength
0: like, test, right?
1: Yeah, like, that so, kind of well, strength well, test or whatever. And yeah. then challenge other podcasts like woodworking podcasts and be like, hey, we think we know what we're doing the most versus sawdust talk. Or we have the strongest wood-
0: six by six box. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Uh, well, will, we, will we need to standardize in the wood? We'll figure um, that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's just just small details. I've, I freaking love this. I think another wood shop podcast would be down for it. I think Sawdust Talk would be down for it, yeah. uh, dude. Let's Ross. That's I'm a down. beautiful idea. Thank you. It's a good yeah, idea. I'm, I'm glad full you of finally them. had a good idea on here, man. Appreciate <laughs> Just it. Thank you. <laughs> so taking you me this a lot long?
1: Twenty seven episodes. I'm finally getting there.
0: Yeah. It's oh, warmed up. Uh, All right. But man, hearing you talk about teaching these classes, man, I think you you had just from my opinion, my point of view, you have to dive into this, man. You you got the heart for it. You got the knowledge for it.
2: Uh, It's actually quite easy at this point.
0: Yeah. It's just quite quite easy at this point.
2: Well, a lot of different things are going to come out of it. Right. So the first, this first one's free, you know, and it's just for reviews, you know, and and I, and I just want them to review the class. I don't want them to make up something. And um, so that's, that's important. That's become very important that's actually more important than selling something at this point. Yep. And then um, the second thing is it's a little guinea pig. So it's like, Oh man, I didn't have enough of these or I need this or this part of the syllabus should have gone this way because it would have been more efficient. And you know, so this will be a little guinea pig. Second of all is it does show us that people are looking at our stuff on Facebook yeah. and TikTok because they're signing up. Like, yep. I've never seen these people before. I don't know who they are. They didn't even follow us. You said you I sold out was, your first class, right? Yeah. Well, I added two more spots tonight. We had a problem trying to figure out how to do it, but I how big is figured the class? Ten. Well, it'll be All ten right. if another two people show up. Dude, that's, that's a lot awesome. of people. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of people. I could, yeah, I probably cool. could have booked twelve. People were booking two at a time. One lady's bringing her dad, and another that's lady's awesome. bringing her boyfriend. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, right? Cool. So, Dude, yes, I'm that, excited that, about it. That's a. Uh,
0: Sign for the universe, man, <laughs> that you need to go in full time with
2: this. man. You, and you, then the other thing is, is get that it. I told Ashley, I was like, you need to start doing, cause she's really good about like videoing way ahead. Like she's showing stuff from a couple months ago. Right. Yeah. Because she's got other things to do. So, or I shouldn't say she has other things, but she has a lot to do. So she has a mm-hmm. big bank of video and she makes them up. And then I like, it gives me time to like go through what she's going to write and like what tools we used and stuff yeah. for informational purposes. The and duo, I said, why don't you do some of these smaller things? Just do a full start to finish. Yep. Like from like the beginning to the end for the most part. Right. And try to pack it into like less than a minute. And um, she did. And they like three, four thousand views. Like my phone just starts going bing, 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 bing. And so that's that's um, that's good. So and so then I see so-and-so followed you from this reel and so-and-so followed you. And and uh, some of yeah, buddy. some of Colton's friends. So I don't know if I'll ever have hundreds of thousands, but, you know, I'd be happy once I hit the 10,000 mark on some of it. Yeah. And um, that that would make me very happy. Um, The websites. So the other thing is Ashley is a freaking maniac. And she literally (laughs) took. And so we wrote up a little text message and she did it to all these people on her phone like all these people that live here and she deletes all her old texts. Right. She's one yep. of those wackos that just deletes everything. I save everything. And so she, she, she text messaged like 65 people one day. Hey, I just want to, you know, you know, it's been a long time since I seen you. I just want, to, you know, we're doing this now. We have these websites, we make stuff, we're in clear water. You know, if you want to check us out, that's it. Nothing, nothing more to it. Yeah. And then she's like, what about you? Why don't we do your phone? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, give it to me. I'll do it. Huh. So she's going through my old customers from like 5 and 6 years ago oh. and texting them. And she kind of looks at the old texts, which all the pictures are missing now. So I don't really remember them, but like there's a conversation like where I made him a barn door. Or I made him a table or I made him whatever. Yeah. And they say, "Hey, I'm making stuff again, you know." And um one one person was upset but then she then i'm like you do know me i'm this person and she's like oh yeah yeah i love my table she's like okay that's cool i'll look at it so that was just a mistake on her part but we went and there's been like hundreds of people going to the website that's awesome which is good right congrats so things Hell are yeah. turning around we're having Snow a meeting grow, thursday baby. yeah we're having a meeting thursday with the guy um and uh and he's going to go over what he wants to change on the site um I will do a little nugget. I've got another nugget, but I'm going to give you this nugget right now. To everybody out there that is, and maybe, maybe did I already talk about this?
1: I don't know. You haven't if said you, it yet. If you,
2: if you, <laughs> if, you, if you, I was asking myself, if you have, um, like, you for most carpenters, if they live in a small shop, especially like let's say they have a kitchen that they already like and it has really nice cabinets in it. But they need like two cabinet doors. Yeah. Well, like to buy the tooling to make like a a cathedral top cabinet door that's like maple. That's kind of a pain, right? That's a lot of money you'd have to spend just to make two doors.
1: Are you talking about this one website that you talked about? Yes. uh,
2: Well, they have that that one website. Actually, I went on there after the podcast to order that door. Yeah. And they say we're no longer taking new orders because they were overbooked. Okay. So I found another one and it's called fastcabinetdoors.com. They have a bigger selection. It's less expensive and it just takes like seconds. So I'm like, oh, that's the door. I need it this big. And they're like, what kind of wood do you want? And I'm like, I want it in that. And like, do you want it finished or do you want that? Click, ship it. And then like two days later, it says it's in production. They make routed face out of solid wood for like thin doors. They make raised panel. They make cathedral. They make gothic. They make shaker. They make everything. So um that's it's that's pretty invaluable to somebody that like, especially if like doing a big job for somebody and they gotta like make one cabinet for somebody, they can yeah. make the carcass, but to make that one door is kind of a pain in the butt. You can go to that website and you can have it. It's so easy. So easy. So easy. It's not, not well super cheap. Out, yeah. It's not super cheap, but it's not super expensive either. Nice. So, uh Yeah, I think that's a big helping hand Um because I could make the door, but good God, it would cost me eight nine hundred dollars to buy the tooling for it.
0: Yeah, so, I'd, love, I'd love to yeah, talk to somebody who planned that that manufacturing out. It'd be cool. To I can't that.
2: imagine. I, I can't we, imagine. We should,
0: we should reach out to. Do somebody you think that they have, have other the people podcast. do it?
2: Have you ever thought about that? Do you yes. think that they like. Have other people do it that like yes. each door. It's not just one big place. No. Now it's no. got to <laughs> Like those print places that print like business cards and stuff. Like some people do certain things and they like just send them the orders. Yeah. Drop it's shipping. Just very, you mean? Well, no. Cause there's like printing places and like they'll print everything, right? They'll print banners, yeah. they'll print business cards, they'll print t-shirts. Well, that all can't be in one spot. So they've got to be sending it out to other companies. To make it but anyway whatever the case they get great reviews and i'm super excited about it um and uh and and i get a little money for it too you know because i still got to finish it and install it yeah so we make that's like free money nice uh the lady paid the deposit on the cabinets for her kitchen so that is a hundred percent and i ordered the cabinets they're in the shop i've got to paint some of them and then the nhl hockey guy and his yep. wife paid a deposit, and mm-hmm. I'm building their desk. We dumbed it way down. Once I showed him all the stuff, he's like, "That's too much." He likes the hockey laces, by the way. So we going to put the hockey laces. Yeah, no, no epoxy. They didn't want to pay for that, but okay. just put the lace in, and then um, how are you putting the lace in? I'm gonna put epoxy? a. I'm going to put a chamfer, and then probably some very small, like tacks or something that I can hide. Probably. Or maybe, maybe a little glue. Would you see, see a glue the back of it? It's like a little, yeah, little yeah. dot. Maybe. We'll see if that holds. Will that hold we'll up if if over holds. time?
0: I mean, are they going to be white laces? Yeah. I, I don't because know. The, that, that would get dirty over time. You have to wash it somehow. I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So anyway, anyway, Use your, so your project.
2: It's getting a shelf. It's getting a, uh, I, I, they are keeping the little shelf because it's going to just basically be one file cabinet because it's a small desk. And Here's a hint have- to you,
1: by the way, on those laces. Make sure you buy waxed laces.
2: That's a good idea. Well, then they, they won't stick to the.
1: They CA will glue. stick to CA glue if you, uh, or you could put uh, construction adhesive underneath.
0: Oh yeah, that'd uh, be good.
1: But the wax laces won't get as dirty. They'll hold That's up longer.
0: I actually like idea. the construction adhesive uh idea better so um the construction ad- adhesive i would use is uh the oh the gorilla one gorilla glue version they have the uh, the clear yeah. one it's their yeah matte.
2: yeah 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 but yeah their strongest yeah, yeah.
0: hold but it's clear so like if some of it did like come out the side of it or there's whatever, another one it, it that i've used really that's show. clear
2: there's another one that i've used that's clear too that's a good idea yeah that might what, be a what what's right. the other one um it's the remember. other one it is I mean that tube is like, like super clear. Um, it's not DAP. It's the other one. Loctite. PL. PL. PL, Yeah, Loctite. Uh, Loctite. Okay, it's still you get it from thing. like Home Depot or Lowe's yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. i was so, just wondering because the the gorilla glue stuff. I use that in our boards on several parts, and um, it, it's a
2: monster. It's good. It's stuff. like
0: it's really good stuff. It's like twelve dollars a tube. Yep. For like a was it like a I'm nine ounce the tube? Old,
2: I buy the ultimate in the tan. It's like almost a whitish tan color. That stuff's really strong too. Anyway, nice. back oh, to- Like the, the uh, oh, uh, liquid nails? No, Gorilla makes one. It says ultimate. Okay. It's orange and black. Anyway, yeah. so they want a little shelf that's going to display his pucks. Nice. So that's going to go like on the skirt, and he just wants thin little simple two-inch by two-inch legs. Perfect. So we're going to put two legs- and then I'll do a little skirt, and at the bottom of the skirt, which is about eight inches from the top, and I'm gonna make a, I'm like gonna make a little shelf that holds a puck. He gave me a puck so I can kind of tilt them back. I'll figure that out. Yeah. And um, so what, what, they're excited. What, what is that was, again? What would sorry if you already said it? Uh, the wood. It's probably just gonna be popular. The top is walnut. All right, cool. Is the he painting is the be, base? The base is going to come prepainted. It's oh, it's one of my cabinets. Yeah, because they make a desk. There base. we go.
1: Look at yeah, you.
2: So so it's already all dovetailed, and I don't have to do anything. Work um, smarter,
1: not harder. That's I right.
2: Like it. They make a desk bake that holds a file, so I, it, it's per, it's really nice. I mean, anyway. And then um, while I was there, she's like, "We would really like for you to also make us this bookshelf lunch thing." And it's like real. It's like a tiered thing, and we're going to do it out of walnut plywood with like some little feet kind of, they like very modern. So yep. we're going to do that. And that'll be like the next thing after we deliver the desk. And, um, so things have really picked up.
1: The, That's awesome. The, Congrats. Yeah, I,
2: I've got tons of stuff yeah. to do. I'm, they're making two more of those TV shrouds. Remember the things that yeah. go over the big screen TVs. I'm making two more of those. And then, um, to top all that off, we've got those shows that are coming this weekend. So I've got a, we got the dog leash holders done. We got the, um, the, we made some tea light holders out of some that we couldn't make dog leash holders out of, which are adorable. Okay. And then, um, my wife likes those. We actually, there was one that got messed up, so we kept that one. And then we also, um, I've got to make the business card holders before Friday that we're going to make some out of walnut, maple, and, um, oak. And they're like solid wood business card holders. I'm going to make some of those. Are you doing that pretty
0: similar to like the stadium seating that Ross was doing for uh, for those flyers? If
2: you look on our website, I made one. It's a little too deep. But um, if you look under like office stuff or whatever, I made one already. No, it's yes, kind of. It's just a stand. And it holds like a little stack of cards and they lean against the back and it's got a little lip in the front. Nothing special. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've made a really simple one that looked pretty good. Um, basically, just like a flat piece of three quarter inch walnut with um, like the front part. Uh, I, I t- carved in like their name or whatever. I might have lasered it. And then I uh, just did like a half inch, maybe three quarter inch like dado cut through on the back. Right. And business right. cards kind of just like sat in that. But,
2: yeah, it's something cool. like that. It's something like that. And then the last thing is. Um, I found a mirror sitting beside mm-hmm. the um, road. They had emptied out their bathroom, and it's a big mirror, like maybe 48 by 36, quarter-inch thick, still in perfect shape. So I'm going to make a mirror frame for that and try to sell it uh, at the show. Very nice. And then, and then I we made had, one of those before. As uh, soon as I picked on. it up, this it girl – oh. This girl messaged me and said she wants me to make her a mirror frame. So yeah, it's it's got a lot going on now. This is like old school, like it used to be like this. I'm making all kinds of different stuff.
1: That's awesome. So, that's what keeps it fun.
2: Yes. And then a guy came in today, had me cut him a board. He's like, "Can you just cut this board?" And I was like, "Yeah, like what?" And he just wanted to make a little threshold. Turns out he builds. He works on yachts. Yeah. And they make like it's pronounced yachts. Oh, uh, yachts. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yacht, yachts. Yacht. Yeah. And 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 he's 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 a really nice guy. And he goes, I don't know anything about woodwork. I don't even have a table saw. He's like, I do the fiberglass and stuff, but they always have me do like this different woodwork stuff. And I said, I tell you what, I'll cut the board for you. Just do a review for us. And so I sent him the link. And I said, you know, if you ever need anything on the yachts, we can make. He's like, I've made bunk beds and everything else. And I said, yeah, we can do all that. And so who knows where that'll nice. Happen. So very nice. Everything's coming up, Jess. Very nice. Kind of- it's a team it's I will say it's a team effort. We wouldn't be where I where I am if it wasn't for Ashley and, and David. So yeah. I'm very appreciative. So Colton, uh
1: before you left for Maker Camp, were you able to finish any more of the boards? Or are you just riding high on that Maker Camp high?
0: I think I got one out before we left. <clears throat> like between talking last week and leaving which I, I wanted to make a set for the maker swap like kind of just like pump out a set but i i, I don't know if you
1: noticed based on the 27 episodes we done but um <laughs> i don't know that that's really the speed that you do these things colton
0: i know i was hopeful which i mean in in my defense i realized that i didn't have time but well done not to say i didn't want to but, <laughs> so I, for the maker swap i ended up making um uh, just a quick like 22 and a half inch uh LED sign of like the uh the cat maker camp logo. I saw and- that that looked oh, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um oh who oh shoot I'm drawing a blank. What's his name? Uh the guy who got it. Oh, it was Woe Shop. Like W H O A Shop. Whoa. Or, or Woe Wood Shop or something like that. And um Whoa. I got to talk to him after he got it and uh yeah he included me in his story which I yeah I shared on our story. But um he's a cool dude. Nice. But but yeah, um, from the maker swap, I got a little, like a charcuterie board, right? And it was just like a maple and of oh, course,
1: somebody made a charcuterie like, board. board.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, the guy is, um, in his note, he said it was his first ever wood project what? and he like, it was really cool. Yeah, And I was like, I, 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 after that, he looks like a younger guy from his profile pic on Instagram. I looked him up after that and, uh, he's from long, long Island. I couldn't find him after that. I want to talk to him about it, but, um. But he did a good job on it, like nice. especially for his first project. Like, there's a really good tight seam between nice. all the blue-ups. and um, yeah, it was nice. It it was cool. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Chip Boyle, like Ob Long Island, I think was his handle. So, um, yeah, if someone listening knows that guy or uh, can for him to us, man, that'd be great. Um, cool. His account was private, so um, which I sent a. You don't call it a friend request on Instagram, do you? It's uh, no. something else. But uh, I said a follow. So we'll see. Yeah, follow. We'll we'll see if he um, allows my follow. Cool. But yeah, I want to talk to him about it. But um, yeah, it is cool. Uh, I was thinking about doing something with it, maybe like um,
1: putting charcuterie on it.
0: <laughs> that yeah, or um, maybe I could like make it Mid- a wall piece and like carve into the back like uh the the Maker Camp logo and maybe like do like epoxy inlay. And uh, do it like a, a collab project, but I don't know. Okay, we're still still uh up in the air on that. All right, uh, so
1: strangely enough, even though I've been on the road like crazy and really haven't been in the shop up until yesterday, um, I got bombarded with projects. Uh, really? I like bombarded, it's good
0: to hear, brother. <sighs> yeah, yeah, in a good way. Yes,
1: so one of the guys that I make, the guy that I make all the uh, bowling pin trophy bases for, Mm -hmm. he also does a business where he takes old bottles of tequila and whiskey and everything and cuts them into glassware. And then he does these gift sets where you get a full bottle of that spirit and then anywhere from one to four glasses made of smaller cut down bottles.
0: That's cool. It's Does he have B- like a rotary, you think? Or?
1: Uh, yeah, it's called B-Cycled Bottles because his name is Brandon. So instead of recycled, it's B-Cycled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he got some big orders. So he's like, hey, I got to get these out this week. Can you make me some orders? Uh, so I have 25 different boxes, well, two different orders making up a total of 25 boxes that I'm halfway done with, uh, including staining. And the other half will get finished tomorrow and then assembled tomorrow, so they'll all be ready to go. Uh, so 25 boxes are going out, and he said there's more to come, which is good and bad. Uh, but I actually had been working with a customer now for a year and a half, and he created his own whiskey company, and he wants some custom boxes for his whiskey. Oh, like, dude. Like shelf display boxes. and. I had initially quoted him and he was like, Oh, that sounds good. And then it never went anywhere. And literally out of the blue on like Tuesday this past week, um, he was like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to need you to make those boxes. And I was like, okay. And so he and I went back and forth yesterday, um, but he finalized it and he was like initial order. I need 110 of them. How soon can you get them to me? And I was like, well, in all honesty, if you need them quicker, staining is what takes the longest. So if I can not stain them and uh, I can, I can turn them around real fast. He was like, cool, I'll do the staining. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, I just saved myself days worth of staining and it only took three or four bucks off each box, but that added up to a decent chunk of change to take off for him and saved me a boatload of work. So I'm, Everybody's happy.
0: I, I so, figured you might have gone with a route of um, like uh, changing up the wood and just oiling it.
1: So I offered that, and he wanted him to be a dark stain. And I was like, "Well, we can make him out of walnut." He's like, "I don't want to pay for walnut." I'm like, Fair "Well, up. we can make him out of plywood." He's like, "I don't want to plywood." So we're actually—it's basically like uh, a red oak box stained to look like walnut. And then these insert panels that go in the front and the back and then insert panels that go around the neck to hold it, the bottle in place. But these insert panels are like eighth inch thick plywood. So
0: you're going to make that, uh, into some videos, right? Yes. Heck Yeah. yeah.
1: So I have those coming up and then, uh, I ended up getting a few more, um, requests for a couple other things and, (laughs) I might have some interest on the spalted maple table, so I got a lot of stuff I got to start doing. So You're I, selling that—that that, I mean—that was always my plan—is to oh. finish it and then sell it. But uh, we'll see what happens. So,
2: well, and then Spalton. I can finally
1: start working on my audio production desk. So, well,
2: I would be—I'm very interested about to see that because that link will be—I'm sure it will be sweet. How long do you think it'll take you to make it?
1: Uh that's a great question, and I'm still finalizing the design of it. I think I have it narrowed down, but I got a few more little details, just like on the leg supports and how it's all going to look, but it should be something that I could basically flat pack and ship out. So my goal would be to have a lot of it, you know, create the legs and create everything I need to, and then have it be something that I could ship out to people and they can assemble themselves, but that way they don't need to have, you know, a huge receiving dock to be able to take in a huge production desk. So interesting. So that's where things are at for me. I think though it is, uh, it's enough talking about us. Let's, let's jump into a little bit of wood of the week. Are you ready for that boys? Wow. ready. Wow. Ready? Okay.
2: Wow, wow,
0: wow, 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 oh, wow, 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 Wood wow. of the Week. Am I getting better at
2: my wows? I think I am. I mean, I, I thought – I, I, I feel I like I am, but – 100 I thought he had started the recording is what I thought. wow. So, wow. wow. All right, pretty, I'll take it. That's, that's <laughs> well, that pretty good. good.
0: Yeah.
2: So this week's Wood of the Week is suggested by one of our esteemed uh, podcast members, Ross – and it mm-hmm. actually has th- thrown me down a rabbit hole, which is very interesting. Um, but I have the answer at the end of the rabbit hole. There okay. Is a bottom to this rabbit uh. hole. So the wood of the week is koa. And koa wood is stinking gorgeous. Beautiful. Stinking gorgeous, right? As far as I can tell, it seems like it's easy to work with. It's pretty hard, but not so hard that it's like insane, right? Um no cancer no none of that stuff. I will say that the most beautiful drum set I have ever seen made by DW Drums was Koa wood with a clear to green to black fade. Oh. Uh, airbrush on it with a high gloss lacquer and I wanted to lick it. And they even oh. had the guy that did the airbrush his name on it because I guess he only does like six sets or whatever of whatever it is. Um they had it at The Mars Music in in Tampa here. Uh, one of them. It, it, it wasn't even that expensive. It was like six thousand, but it was just a four piece. You know, it didn't have any hardware or anything. It was just the shells. But anyway, okay, yeah, that's, it was. That's it a was lot gorgeous. for a four piece. It, the the most beautiful drum set I have ever seen. Well, I mean, you never pay that much, right? So like, yeah, they had it down to like thirty nine hundred at one point. But anyway, just, were these? Uh, were they? Were they banging? They were banging. <laughs> They were banging. If I was going to buy a drum set and had all the money in the world (laughs) and it didn't matter what I, I would, I would buy that drum set. So Koa is definitely used in making musical instruments. Um, it is from Hawaii, which is very, uh, not, not too many woods come from Hawaii. It's from Hawaii and Janka hardness is like right up there with like white oak or something like that. 1170. Um, it koa is pretty wavy. I mean, I
1: there's so much far, figuring in it every time I so see it, There's so much it.
2: figure in it. Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like it's not bland at all.
0: I've never seen so kind of like a walnut, like like a like big like flowy, a light,
2: like a lighter walnut. Yeah, with lots uh, of like um, almost like cherry, like what is that maple? Is it curly maple where it has like the waves in it that almost yeah, shimmer? Yeah, right? It's just the, that go that go the opposite direction of the grain. It's just beautiful. So Here's the rabbit hole. So I look up Koa, and then it says the name, the scientific name of Koa is Acacia Koa. And so recently I asked somebody about Acacia uh, to see if I could get it because I'm evidently, I, maybe I sounded stupid. Like, remember we talked about this the other day that, like, you could buy those those uh, tops, those butcher block tops, and they sold them in Acacia? Yeah. Right. And I Mm -hmm. think even Acacia might have been a wood of the week or whatever. So as it turns out, Acacia – and the reason it threw me off is because people buy these – are buying these tops, right? Like you can get them – Ikea sells some stuff, right? And like there's companies that – and they call it Acacia wood. Well, Acacia is not a wood. It is a genus of wood. Huh. So that's ah. like that's like saying um, well I couldn't say oak because oak is in a genus that like It's almost instance, like saying
1: this is a sedan car.
2: Right. Like oak the genus is Quercus is, is there's 450 different types of oak and actually oak is in the beech family. That's what oak is. Really? Oak is actually a beach. Yes. It is hmm. a a, a four hundred and fifty different species of trees and shrubs in the beach family. I so was acacia, unaware of this. which is also called wattle. W-A-T-T-L-E. Wattle. It is all from like Australia and the Pacific Islands. And there's this is nearly a thousand species. One thing said almost thirteen hundred. So basically what acacia is is uh Mimosa, acacia, thorn tree, or wattle, Um, and basically it it, is—it's a classification of a tree or shrub that lives in warm climates that bears spikes or clusters of yellow or white flowers and is frequently thorny. But there's also false acacia, which is black locust. And look, so it's like sent me down this wormhole of like all these different things that. So if you see a piece of wood at a store. And it says it's made from acacia wood. Your question should be, "What acacia wood? Huh? Yeah. What, so, what is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? You know, is it koa? Is it? You know, uh, you know, what is it made of? Because there is a lot of different types of acacia. Um, you know, maybe they're all different types of acacia that they used in it, or whatever the case. But that is not a wood specifically. It's a genus of wood. that's interesting
0: i had that question because um crystal's dad he redid his floors and they called them acacia right and it his floors they look like a black walnut just like a little bit lighter right right? and like it has like blonde streaks but then like yeah it's still like the the it looks like walnut like a lighter walnut and And i I was always looking for it i could never find it it's it it, it's a real hard way it's not a print and I, i could never find it in houston and um that clears up a lot of that.
2: And interestingly enough, acacia. If you want to get it down to the very finite, what it really is, acacia is part of the pea family, pea, like green peas.
1: Like a so, le- like a legume, like a
2: legume, like a legume. That is correct. Huh. Uh, did you guys says, get I, so?
1: Did you guys get a text while we were on this?
2: Yes, I, I'm looking turned, at it right I, now. I turned, I turned my phone off because so, I was glitching.
1: So I happened to have been in Hawaii six years ago now for my buddy's wedding. And I saw all these beautiful Koa wood slab tables. And <laughs> I just sent you. How much you. were they? I mean, they were just like, they were literally like in the um uh like the general market. Like the picture I sent you was actually the table that was at like the local hot dog stand. That was just what? the table they had to sit at while you're eating your hot dogs. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's
2: so cool. I think that my Woodworks Tampa Bay tree, my little logo, I yeah. think it's in a, I think it's a uh I think it's a Koa. Because I'm nice. looking at pictures of the Koa trees and it, I think it's a silhouette of a Koa. So yeah. I'm not sure well, hundred
0: percent. That, that it looks amazing. It's like um Oh, it's so it's a, pretty. Similar to that acacia, it's like, it's like a walnut with more crack. blonde streaks going through it. Yeah, yes. more yep. sapwood, yes. yeah. And like a little bit lighter in the core. Like, but it still has some really dark
2: streaks in it. That is beautiful. Yeah, oh, that was cool. very it and I will say the last little nerdy thing about it, it is heavy as far as I can yes. tell. It says it's a 42 pounds per cubic foot. So that's pretty heavy. Compared I think to this
1: I think in all honesty, what we need to do is once this podcast starts to, you know, Bear fruit financially. We should go on a global tour and find yes. all of our favorite woods of
2: the week. Oh my god, that would be a show and yeah. whiskeys and uh, local whiskeys yeah. and woods of each place. Oh, oh. my god, we we'll be like Zane Lamprey. We'll get Zane Lamprey to come with us. He's done. Like, he's a show on done. Magnolia TV.
0: Yeah, oh. we'll go do that. Oh,
2: yeah. whiskey and wood, and we would just go and talk about the forests and the trees, and then how they make the barrels and the local stuff, and then the done whiskey that they blew in it. Oh, I'd watch amazing. it. Yeah. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I'd be on okay. it. Okay. Uh yes, you would. So. <laughs> they
0: call it uh, beat around the world. No, I don't know what that one. <laughs> that one may have different context. <laughs> 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 but, oh, I don't know. Beat around the bench. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll work. Yeah. It. We'll sit on it. We'll sit on the name. Yeah. All so, right. so
1: thank you, Jess. Uh, first of all, You're do welcome. you happen to have a game show for us this week?
2: Oh, I do. I, I do. I don't have any sound effects because I turn my phone on so. yeah. okay, What is this so week's game show? This week's is an advanced wood and woodworking trivia game. So I would say that um you will know you will most you will mostly know these, I think. Um well, now but, the pressure's on. <laughs> but some yeah. of them, some of them are hard. Some of them are hard, and for our listeners that may not be very, you know, into woodworking yet, or whatever the case might be, they'll be very hard. Um, okay. I would think if you'd asked me these questions even maybe eight years ago, I would not have known some of them. So, all right, right. all right. I'm, question I'm one, excited. question one. easy for a, an advanced professional. Question one will like be for Ross. <laughs> okay, for Ross. Which woodworking joint is known for its use in Japanese temple construction? Is it a half lap joint, b mortise and tenon, c dovetail, or d kanawa sugi? Kanawa Oh, is so that red hair
1: are we talking about the frame or are we talking about the roof?
2: we are talking probably about where like the pillars uh go into the the uh trusses so probably. i don't know F. so i i
1: do know that it is mortise and tenon for the majority of the building yeah. however i don't know the proper name for the roof joinery because they actually the, the idea for Japanese temples is they have one massive pillar in the center and everything kind of hangs like a frame off of it. And it literally mm-hmm. kind of floats, which is why right. Japanese temples have stood for thousands of years without breaking. Yes.
2: yes. They are the all based around this.
1: Yes. There are so many yes. earthquakes and they, they move congruently with the structure. So it all moves as one with the earth. And that's the idea behind it. I don't know the proper name for it. It could be the Kanura Sugi, but kanawasugi, yeah. I do know that mortise and tenon joinery is what the majority of the frame is built from. The roof is actually more of a, th- this sounds weird, but like a shouldered. Okay, so let's put it this
2: way. System? Which woodworking joint is known? for its use in Japanese temple construction.
1: I'm going to go with mortise and tenon. It that should be incorrect. the only Japanese something then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's the sugi. Yeah.
2: So I'm going to tell you a little story about that since we're talking about this. So it is the thing at the top of the pillars. So they engineers went and, and like 3d imaged that joint, that yes. joint on the thing. At the top of these things because they've been there for – there's been all these massive like 9.0 earthquakes and stuff and the buildings say So they rebuilt it. They had master carpenters, Japanese master carpenters, come in it and like make a little one. Yeah. And they put it on one of those earthquake things that they use for insurance, you know? Yeah. And the thing's rocking, but the the roof is like staying. It's like one of those things you put your coffee cup in that like when you turn, it swerves with it. Yeah. So it gives – it gives with it, so it's just like swaying underneath it, and the roof just like stayed just right there. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's like one of
0: those sticks you have a camera on, like the fancy camera. Yeah, exactly. And like they move the stick exactly. around the camera. So exactly. Like a chicken's yeah. head when you bob their body. Around. It's yeah.
2: So interesting. Tile roofs and everything. Just everything stays together. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right, I hope Question. you said the easy one for me.
2: <laughs> that was not easy. <laughs> well, if you if you paid attention last week, you will know this one, Colton. Well, what is the primary use of luthiers glue? Is I know it this. A, for boat building? We know. Is it B, Ross? No what? cheating yet. Oh, I know. No cheating. What is the primary use of luthier's glue? Is it boat building? A. Is it B, musical instrument making? C, furniture restoration? Or D, outdoor decking? Uh, I'm going go with music. Is that, that is correct. Musical yeah. instrument making yeah. a luthier is someone yeah. that makes musical instruments. That is correct. Try to put me on the spot. Mother <laughs> uh, father. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right, here we go. You ready, Ross? This yep. is important to our, our, uh, our listeners in terms of sustainability. What does the FSC certification stand for? Is it a forest sustainability council is it B Forest Stewardship Council? Is it C forestry Standard, Standards Consortium? Or is it D federal sustainable certification? Would you like me to read them again?
1: No. Uh it's either A or D, but I'm gonna have to go with D. I was gonna guess A, but
2: Federal I don't Sustainable know. Certification. Correct. That's your final answer. Yeah. And uh no. The FSC stands for Forest Stewardship Council. Oh. Stewardship, yeah, that's a trick question. It. That's a good oh, one. Uh, that's a good I like one. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a big thing. It's actually when I did Shopify and it said wood. They say, is it FSC certified? Like if mm-hmm. I make things out of it, and all the stuff that I get is actually it's stamped on some of it. So, okay, here we go. Well, Number t- four. I
0: t- Should I be checking for that for my mill? Like. FSC certified or I mean.
2: Most, you, most woods that you get in the U S that, especially if you're getting it from a lumber mill, then it probably is right. Because yeah. they don't, you know, like paint like 10 more than they, they cut down or whatever. Uh If it's coming from overseas, probably not, not necessarily. So it just depends. Nope. All right, here we go. Number four, this is for Col- Colton. Hmm. What is parquetry? P-A-R-Q-U-E-T-R-Y, parquetry. So like marquetry with a P. It's like marquetry with a P. Yeah. Okay. Is it A, a French woodworking style? Is it B, a geometric mosaic of wood pieces? Is it C, wood turned on a lathe? Or is it D, the use of bark and woodworking?
0: Or is it E, ugly-ass flooring? <laughs> Wait, so marketry was B, right? Like where they uh, do the different patterns. Uh I might
2: uh, my... would you like me to read it again? No. I'll I'll stick with B. That is correct. Ah. And that, that is that's the how root... I got
0: to college right there.
2: <laughs> the, the <laughs> that mul- <is> th- <laughs> guessing off the multiple choice, baby. Well, the yeah. root word that's where they get the root word parquet floor, right? Parquet floor. Which ah. means
1: Ugly-ass floor.
2: Ugly floor that everybody used to have. Oh, my gosh.
1: Even okay. to this day, if you get an apartment in greater New York City, so even it. if it's a brand-new apartment, they all come with parquet floors.
2: So I have a question. How did they do that? Just glue it and then sand it yes. all down? I've never seen it done.
1: Yes. So they the idea behind parquet, <laughs> more so than anything else, is you could use pieces of wood that were scrap and – you could interesting you could be able to make a flooring out of lesser quality woods so it would cost less. The idea also being that if one of the issue and one of the tiles got damaged, right. you could pull that out, pop in another one, and it all still looked like garbage.
2: So
0: yeah, <laughs> so it basically, this looks like a big like end grain cutting board. Like I know it's the probably of,
2: usually it's like five by five or like six by six, and it's like little strips. And then there's another one next to it. They go yeah, the other so way. So they all literally stack
1: this way vertically, and then horizontally, right. and then vertically. Yeah. And but, it does not
2: like a chevron pattern. No, it could be. I, I mean, I guess maybe, but that's the only one I've ever seen. The
1: majority of them are just almost like a, a woven basket pattern, but they are like. Six inch by six inch squares that are one inch pieces, one by six pieces.
2: Right, one inch is one, huh. yeah. Okay, on to the next. And they're
1: typically but, really light.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't like parquet. It's too, it doesn't look good. All right, yeah. question number five. Parkour for for, for me. Ross. Which wood species has the highest Jenka hardness rating? Ooh, we talked about this. Yes, is it a? Now, this might be a little tricky. Is it A, ebony, B, snakewood, C, oak, or D, bamboo?
1: You have actually had the discussion with us that it bounces between, because one of these was our wood of the week, and the wood of the week was ebony. But you told us, depending on who you talk to, it's either ebony or snakewood. And I believe, technically, snakewood had a higher Jenka hardness scale, but ebony... Was a
0: more used wood. Wasn't there a, a, an Australian one too?
2: The Australian, uh, what was it? Bloke? Bloke? Yeah. Australian Bloke and Lignum Fatai were like the top in the world and they kind of go back and forth. Uh, I don't remember the part about the snake wood and the ebony, but um, I'm not going to help you. So <laughs> when, <laughs> I'm going to go with that, ebony. It is, that is incorrect. It says snake wood. Ah, so. damn it. Nah,
0: yeah yeah Both
2: incredibly a, hard in the 3,000s, I believe if I remember,
0: up to the bait also on the whole Jenka hardness testing thing, you know like they, they push a ball bearing into it, right, and that's how they test like how far halfway. the ball bearing goes in yeah halfway yeah uh, yeah, yeah how, how many foot pounds takes uh, to push a ball bearing halfway in like if you pick different parts of the wood or even different trees, like if that tree had a better
2: can I, I say know, something though? life yeah can I say something though it's no. not one sample. So they'll do like 50 of them, all from the okay. heartwood, and then get an average, I think, as far uh, as okay. I know with Jenka. They don't just pick one board. And they definitely wouldn't use the sapwood. So
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I I guess to take something that's chaotic, like wood and like a tree. Right. And then try to try to um classify it, that's probably the best way,
2: honestly. Right. What it grew in and what the dirt, the soil, all that stuff could make a big difference. All mm-hmm. right. What is so this is for Colton. And I think you'll get this one. What is resawing? Oh, this is a question we had another week. We did. Is it is it a cutting a board along its width? Is it cutting a board along its length? Is it cutting a board to create a veneer, or is it cutting a board across its grain? Well, across the
0: width, right? Yeah, like to make two boards, right? I mean, that's how you do it on the on the, on the bandsaw. The width. You're calling the width like. Uh, Like
2: a two by four, the four is the width, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to read it again. You're cutting a board along its width. So that would be like ripping the width. Cutting a board along its length. Uh, Let me think about this. Cutting a board along its width. Cutting a board along its length.
0: You take a a board and make two boards Okay, so cutting
2: a board along its width, you make two boards out of it. Cutting on its length would be ripping it. Cutting a board to create a veer would mean you would be making thin you, you things. You just gave him the answer. Well, I'm just trying to help him. Yeah. I, sorry. I, I'm not going to I cut along, with this
0: is the right answer. Like,
2: like that would the, be like width. a chop saw. Wouldn't it? Oh. Oh,
0: you. I get what you're saying. It's weird how we're putting it. It was D or whatever. That's not how
2: I'm saying it. It's how this but, is. Yeah. You, you, <laughs>
0: It's like, say, you take a three quarter inch board and you make them into two, uh, like, quarter inch boards. If you are were cutting a quarter inch out of the middle,
1: three that eighths th- boards.
2: Three eighths, yeah. yeah. So, is cutting, is so what do you think the answer is? What is resawing along its width, length, cutting a board to create veneer, or cutting a board across its grain?
0: I guess across the grain, then. Uh, across the grain seems like what you talk a miter saw would be cutting across the grain perpendicular to the grain
2: it could be yeah
0: I I, I don't know where we're going with this Uh, well I will say this one of these
2: answers is more accurate and closer to cutting uh, for what is resawing than the other three okay I already went with
0: what's the answer what's the answer
2: Cutting
0: a board to create B, a veneer. The, well, along its length, it doesn't have to be a veneer. Like you could just technically I, I could to make some coasters out of like a it really depends, thick board.
1: It depends if you are ripping a board, you are cutting it on the length. If you are cutting it's, a veneer, you are technically ripping it, but it depends how you have the board positioned. But technically, correct. if you are ripping a board, it is cutting it along the length.
2: Yes. So
1: yes. the answer oh, would have been what... B. C was also a correct answer, but the correct answer was B.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I, I I I guess resawing. Yeah. Okay. Question seven. What does the terms well? This is this one. You're definitely gonna know. Spalting refer to. It is a bacteria
1: is it, in the wood that creates darker patches throughout the entire wood.
2: Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the um, multiple choice answers were the natural weathering of wood, the coloration caused by fungal growth, that. the curling of wood due to moisture, and the cracks develop in dry wood. Yes, it's fungus, basically. Yes. All right. Very good. Uh, question number eight. For Colton. 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 Which of the following is a true hardwood? Balsa, pine, Douglas fir, or red cedar?
1: Or that Australian bloke?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. What was the first, first question again? Or the first choice? What, what, it, what Balsa. is the
2: following? Is, is said Balsa, a true? Right? Yeah. What of the following is a tr- a true hardwood?
0: I know it's soft, but that that one's a hardwood.
2: Give that the answers correct. again. Well, he was right. Which of the oh. following is a true hardwood? Balsa pine, Douglas fir, and red cedar, which oh, all have Yes, that so is correct. Balsa is yeah. yeah. Well, we, we had right.
0: that. Uh, we, we talked about that with uh, whenever Luke Capasso was on. Yeah. And um and like you, you know, like which of these are are hard? Or, what, yeah, or something like that. And um, just because oh, it was actually it was asking whether balsa was hard or not, and just because it was asked as the question, I was saying it, yeah, it was true false. <laughs> I remember that which um yeah balsa like you make model airplanes out of that stuff it it's seems the like the softest
2: wood that there is yeah yeah yep. yeah. yeah what's the next okay. question
1: Jess All number right. 9 question
2: number 9 what is the primary ingredient in danish oil Ooh. uh linseed tongue, mineral or soybean oil linseed oil that is correct which also makes it flammable so be careful the, it's next. not poppy seeds no That makes (laughs) oil. Yeah, Danish oil even says on the back, "Don't stack your rags and all that crap." So, uh, I think boiled is even worse, right? Boiled linseed oil is even worse than regular linseed. So, all right, question number ten, final question, Colton, for you. In what century did the dovetail joint first appear, according to historical records? Seventeenth century, twelfth century, first century, or the twenty sixth century BC, before Christ. 17th century. Is that your final
0: answer? Uh, I'm between that and the 12th, but I'm going to go 17th.
2: The correct answer is D, the 26th century BC, before no Christ. Yep. Yeah. Oh.
1: I actually have a picture Very- of it on my phone. There's a boat that was on the River Nile in Egypt, 26 BC, um, and they used dovetails to hold together all the different boards. So smart. Wow. Yep. Because the that boat they actually have at the Field Museum in Chicago in the Egypt exhibit.
2: That's so neat. Very good guys. You did great. Well thank you. That was fun. I like it. Yeah, yeah. 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 we'll have to we'll have to remember the Kanawasugi.
0: Yeah. Hey, can Kanawasugi. we add like the uh the uh what do you call it? Um like Who Wants to be a Millionaire soundtrack to those? <laughs> You know, like where it gets like, like the real, like, dum, dum, like pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, we can do that. So Colton, you ready to jump into a little whiskey?
0: Is, is a frog's ass watertight? Yes. Have so I used that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: <shoot>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get some more. The whiskey of the week. So last week I gave you what seemed like an insurmountable task. To find black whiskey, which is a Peruvian whiskey, it is the most highly rated whiskey from South America. So, first of all, Colton, were you able to procure it?
0: And if so, did it dandy? So, it's on order. Okay. Like, I did order, it did not arrive in time. And so, as a replacement, I picked another whiskey that I could find that had black in the name. Okay, and so <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find so it's like I'm probably not going to find another Peruvian whiskey. Like, you're did you just find? Did you get blackened whiskey, which
1: is Metallica no.
0: whiskey? <laughs> oh, that's been cool. But no, this is a little liquor store, that they didn't have that. Oh, so I, I went with the Jim Bean Black. So it's the Jim Bean guy right here, the extra aged bourbon. Yep. And um, this one, it was all right. I mean. I wouldn't order it at a bar, neat. But um, not that I wouldn't drink it like that if someone bought it for me, but it uh it is very dark in color, you know, the extra age and all that. And um it's kinda like almost thick, right? So uh it went really good in a cocktail, right? And with the uh, the old fashions that I'm getting a little bit better at every week. Okay. Making. But really so with it being, you know, like a what oh, I think it was less than 30 bucks for a fifth. Yeah. But then also compare it, it kind of reminded me of um I heard a metal cover this week. Um so you know like the every time we touch yeah. like the uh, uh EDM song. Yep. And then um I heard a uh, metal cover of that and it's like uh you know it starts off with like the actual The original song, like the, uh, I still feel your touch when you sleep next to me. Right. And then, um, once it hits the big drop, it goes, it goes metal. It's freaking sick. I need to send it to you guys. And it's like, every time we touch, I get this feeling. (laughs) And, um, that's what this was. kind of reminds me of. (laughs) I I like it. Nice. I swear I can fly. Oh, That is another goal of mine too. I want to be able to metal scream one day. Like, uh, I know there's some YouTube videos out there trying to teach you how, but tell you what,
1: when we're at WorkbenchCon, I'll show you how to breathe properly to do it. Oh, hell yeah. So, (laughs) hell yeah. Hell yeah, Yeah. brother. All right. (laughs) So, um, with that in mind, obviously the black whiskey hopefully will arrive over the next week. Mm-hmm. But if it does not staying with the black theme okay uh, Bushmills black Now Bushmills black hails from Northern Ireland up in Belfast and it is considered protestant whiskey Jameson being the catholic whiskey and um oh Belfast always had the the separate feel if if you remember when you were a kid, Northern Ireland always had bombings from the IRA. Bushmills was the whiskey of their choice. So uh the Bushmills Black should have an interesting flavor profile for you. But ah. if the black whiskey does not come in, pick yourself up some Bushmills Black.
0: Oh, I'll give it a look. The name sounds familiar, but... So Bushmills is
1: a pretty readily available Irish whiskey the black is kind of like getting Jameson black barrel where it's that higher tier. And you enjoyed that one Mm. quite a bit, if I recall. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, that was, that was a good one. I I actually recommended that one to a handful of people. Nice. Yeah. I'll do. I look forward to it. Heck yeah.
1: Excellent. So very good. With that in mind, boys, I think it's time we discuss a little bit of nugget goodness.
0: Mm, I got I got some chicken
1: nuggies for you guys. I'm, hey, let's jump in. Sweet and sour sauce and all.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, I actually thought of a nugget halfway through. I think I'm going to use for this one. Okay. So, um, Jess, when you were talking about when you're marking boards with a pencil, right, and um, you got to be conscious of, like, how far away was that pencil line from the actual mark and Could what be, side yeah. of that mark do you – do? You, um, you cut on. And so after working with Tony, which, oh, that's good news too. Uh, t- Tony might start working with me again this week. Nice. He, uh, he, he called me last week right before maker camp. And um, yeah, we might be, be working together again, which I am so excited. I need some fresh excitement in the shop and some accountability. And I think that's going to be great. But um, but yeah, so Tony showed me. That. So I'd always used a pencil, right? Like, um, you know, you start off with the contractor pencil, like the real fat ones. And then I quickly realized that those are for really rough construction grade marks, right? Yes. And then, um, I went to just like a normal number two pencil and then you got to keep sharpening those. If you want a good angle, it's just inconsistent depending on how long you've used that pencil. And so I switched to mechanical pencils, right? And, um, as you know, with mechanical pencils, you either have like what the point oh five or the 0.9 millimeter. Yep. Lead. Is that right? Or is it point zero? Yeah. Something like that. And um, so I, I keep, yeah, maybe it's seven. Um, I keep two of those. I keep two separate pencils in my uh, apron at all times. Right. And so whenever it's a real detailed mark, like I'm about to throw it on the miter saw, I'll pull out the 0.05. Right. And really it reduces that line mark quite a bit, but for like normal marking for like quick marks, that, uh, that point oh five it breaks real easy. Like if you have, if you're doing like on Oak, right. Where it has a bunch of, uh, grain in it, it'll break your thing real easy. So for my quick marks, my m- more common use pencil. Yeah. They use the 0.9 or the 0.7 and, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's my, I keep two pencils, two mechanical pencils on me too, cause I don't have to sharpen them and they're yeah. always going to be the consistent, uh, width of that lead always and yeah it's it's helped me a lot in the last year uh keep consistency
2: i like it very good very good what about you ross
1: so i actually i was thinking about this quite a bit being that i had to pound out 25 boxes worth of of lumber um, or material for these boxes that i had to turn around this week and i'm gonna have to do the same for the 108 boxes I have to get done by next week, 110, whatever it is. Um, I realized the one thing I really haven't talked about is how much of both a shop help and a safety help it is having the Jessum table saw uh, stock guides on my fence, on my table saw. I was able to by myself wrangle, Four three-quarter-inch plywood pieces today. Totally guide them through the table saw without any issues, without any kickback. Have perfectly straight cuts down the entire piece repeated times because I had these stock guides, and they literally hold everything down onto the table, and they're actually angled in to pull everything towards the fence. So it keeps it perfectly cut, and you're able to safely... As a single person in the shop, cut massive sheets of plywood and know that it is done quality and quickly. It was probably one of the best, I think it's around 200 bucks for a set of them, probably one of the best $200 investments I've ever made, especially being that I work solo in the shop. So the ability to know that I'm doing it safely and accurately, uh, kind of get into your pencil marks knowing that I can do it quickly and accurately and safely, huge help. So if somebody does not currently have anybody else helping them in the shop and you do wrangle large pieces of wood, especially if you're even uh, cutting down larger stock of wood, I would highly, highly, highly recommend the Jessam table saw stock guides.
2: Mm. Uh, I would... I will say I'm very jealous of you because I made this fence, this auxiliary fence with a T-track in it and I've got feather boards and all this other stuff, but it is a pain in the butt to set up, right? Cause you get the featherboard doesn't like, it's not as easy to set up as that just majestic like always there. Yep. And, and like today or yesterday, I was cutting like a three degree angle <clears throat> on the back of a piece, but the piece of wood wasn't perfectly flat. It was just a little two and a half inch wide piece of poplar and You know, and it's riding up and down a little bit, and I can only push it down so hard right where the blade is anyway. And if I'd have had the Jessam, it would have held it firmly to the table the whole time and kept it tight and made that angle cut perfect. Or like I cut like a two-parter, you cut like a little dado, and then you flip it up and then cut it the other way. You know, your dado goes to different depth. As you go down, because it's not holding it tight to the table. Yep. So I, I don't know. I, I need to find one of those on sale. I want one. I wanted one ever since I saw it. So it's anyway. worth it. So my my little nugget is a lot. I have two. One along with um uh Colton's pencil thing. Buy if you are just starting woodworking. The first thing you should buy is a big old pack of those Bic number seven millimeter, number two pencils, mechanical pencils, and just Mm -hmm. put them everywhere because you're going to be losing them. And um, they're fantastic because you've always got a nice sharp point. And if you lose it or it gets broke or whatever, it doesn't matter. Because they're like, I don't know. I think I figured out they're like 12 cents a piece. um, They've even got them like little rubber grip things on them for when your hands get sweaty. So I used to use a regular pencil and sharpen it all the time. And I throw them all in the trash. It's like totally pointless unless you're drawing, on something <laughs> like, unless you just sharpen it, <laughs> unless you're, unless you're, um, d- now I will say it does help to have like a bigger pencil. If you're drawing on rough wood, because the little, you know, that little lead on that pencil is not very tough, but
0: yeah, that's why you like, have that, like those uh, <laughs> half
2: inch wide construction pencils. Yeah. 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 yeah for non-accurate marks. The second thing is for all of us that are woodworkers or makers, and we have to put, um, you know, things that we make online to sell. I have been since the day we started doing this and my wife started, we have been struggling with our photos and our removing the backgrounds and making yeah. it look nice online struggling. I've tried InShot. I've tried Bizarre. I've tried Canva. Uh, I have not tried Photoshop because it's expensive, but I've tried all of those and none of them perform 100% of the time the way I do it. So you know how like it is when you do something or you talk about something a lot, me and her were talking about it, like a million ads show up on your phone for different things. Mm -hmm. So this Mm -hmm. one showed up for this program and they're like, this does this. And I was like, let's just try this. Everybody seems to be, it gets really good reviews on the app store. Let's just try it because it's only an app. It works so good that you can't tell. Like I can, I can take a picture of my little side table. Now I will say we did spend $40 and bought a black sheet and hung it up on the wall behind it. Yep. To help with it a little bit. But even that wasn't working. And or a white sheet, whatever, and took some pictures of our tables and stuff. It takes it, takes the picture of my little side table, puts it in someone's room, adjusts the lighting, puts a drop shadow that looks realistic. You can't tell that it wasn't taken in that room.
1: What's the name of the uh, app?
2: The name of the app is Photo Room. Photo, Photo room.
1: room. I'm literally it downloading adjust, it now.
2: It, it will adjust the light. You can take and take 50 pictures, click bulk edit, open them all. It will remove all the backgrounds on all of them. No. And you can add text behind it. You can make like we took pictures of the dogly shoulders today, right? It through AI knew to hang it on a wall and hung it on these walls with a drop shadow behind the hooks. Like it's perfect. It is crazy. Now, and and our black background is dirty now. It had like dust on it and it still worked perfectly. So I really suggest I hope everyone has the same experience. I do. Hmm. We did. But my wife is like, look at this. We took a picture of me and her and for the Get Me Cabinet site. And Ashley's leaning on the work table. And when we she put it in there, it just puts other tables in like living rooms and stuff in front of her. And it looks like she's leaning on them. It's wild. It is wild. So it is worth it. You can pay like, I think 80 bucks for the year or like 10 bucks a month. You can try it for free um the pro version gives you a lot more backgrounds though, but for somebody taking anything from large things to small things, it does everything that canva and stuff doesn't I'm literally
1: much, literally looking at it right now it looks <clears throat> looks
2: awesome it's super easy to use too like super yeah. easy it's it's pretty sweet on an ipad uh, I haven't used it on a phone, but on an ipad it's it's pretty it's it's pretty awesome. it's a lot yeah. like canva so Give it a shot for anybody that's trying to sell their stuff because everybody's always trying to sell it on at least on Craigslist or something. Yeah, but I tell you, we took pictures of the dog leash holders. This is what really impressed me today. The hooks are black, and the background, the background is black. So I was worried it was going to like cut the hooks off. Yeah, nope, didn't cut them off. Got all perfect. Like it looks like it's hanging on a wall, and there's like the sun coming in. The shadows are behind the hooks. Like it's wild. It's really wild. So it's worth. I feel like we're try.
0: almost on, or at least like, in, like just starting the tip of the iceberg of the uh, golden age for AI right now. Like, especially as far as makers, like, oh, that, that's cool. Like, I, <laughs> that's a, what's what stopped me on my first business. The reason why I got the CNC, the coat boards, yeah, right, where you put the Copenhagen cans in the of the shit like the the picture process, like uh, getting all the pictures made was um, a very big hurdle. And yeah, yeah.
2: That, ooh, we did the solid. cutting boards. It like puts it on kitchen counters, like in really nice kitchens. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's really amazing. Yeah. So you guys got to, everybody should try it. If they have merchandise to sell or things they made, it really makes it. You can just take a picture in your garage and it just like puts it in a room.
1: So I just, while we were sitting here, I was trying it with, cause I've had this bed, this four post bed I made a while ago. Um, and I've been trying to sell it and I, the photos, photos I have are not good of it. And it literally just took out the entire room that it was sitting in while we we're just talking. So
2: that's great. Does that look good?
1: I, I still have to do the editing of putting it in another room, but like it perfectly took out everything else.
2: Awesome. So the pro thing you can pay for it for one month and then it'll let you have like and it'll just keep generating backgrounds for you until you find one that you like. It's super neat. It's super neat. Cool. So well, I hope it works out for anybody that needs it.
1: Well, thank you. It's a dope nugget. So, gentlemen, is there anything else we want to cover? Or is this where we oh, want to...
2: I, I had one other thing that I forgot to mention All right. when I was giving my little spiel. We let go the... Um, Nash and Cheese? No, Nash and Cheese went back to school. Ah. His mother is coming to take the woodworking class. Oh, that's fun. Oh, yeah, cool. She might bring him or a boyfriend, I'm not sure, or a girlfriend, I'm not sure. But she she signed it for the class. But no, um, no, Nick. Ah, he, yeah. Uh, he, he showed up. Not, not, not something sober. was going on. I, uh, we don't know. We don't know.
0: I, I wish him well, man. Hopefully, I, gave, um, I
2: gave him the day off to go to a doctor cause he was, he was, it was a big mess. I, I won't go into details, but I was like, y- you know, something's wrong. You're not yourself. So like, do you need to take the day and go to the doctor? Cause he's always complaining about pain. He didn't go to the doctor. He didn't bring a doctor's note. And, and, uh, I said, you know, if you don't bring me a doctor's note, you know, you're, you're terminated and he never came back. He's like, I'll bring you my keys. That's was that was his answer to that.
1: All right. So, well,
0: sorry to see I, him go. I wish the best for him. Hopefully he can get his, uh, his, uh, uh, I feel more comfortable together.
2: now that I don't have to worry about. Yeah. Him but the hurt.
1: hard part is you've invested so much time and energy into training him and getting him up to snuff.
2: You know, but. the worst part is for him, is like we were doing all that monotonous stuff. That stuff's kind of like over now. Now it's like all new and different and like all kind of fun stuff now. Yeah. Like making different things all the time and he's not going to get to be a part of that.
1: Well. So that's his loss, so.
2: Well, I don't know. If he came back to me another day, say in in months time and he could show that he was doing better and I talked to his dad and found out that he was doing better then we would talk about it, but
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I wish him the best. Hopefully it's a turning point for him, so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I,
1: I'd say that's probably a good place to uh, hang up the reins, if you will. Mm. So be sure to smash that like and subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you could share this with your friends, we would absolutely love it. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every se- second of this episode. If you didn't, please send all your complaints to our Sherpa-loving Tibetan legal representation at & Associates, where their motto is, We carry you up and throw you down. For Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast. We will catch you all next time. Woohoo! Bye. Yeah!